Good morning, good morning. Welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. My name is Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths. I am really glad you're here. It's November 7th. That means Thanksgiving month. Isn't that crazy? Whoo! I just had about 20 people come to me and say, oh, hey, say this, say this. Let me just calm myself down here. Got a couple announcements for everybody. And I'll start with, it's All Saints Day. And so we are going to be selling, uh, celebrating the saints who are now in the kingdom triumphant. And we, we had some amazing brothers and sisters in the Lord go be with Jesus. So that's going to be intertwined throughout the whole service. Um, also, um, like I said, it's Thanksgiving month. Let's give great thanks all the time, right? This is uh, Huffman down the street used to always say, every Christian, every day should be Thanksgiving and every Sunday should be Easter. And I agree with that. So we, are, we have a much to be thankful for, even in the midst of our sorrow of missing our saints. Um, and so we got a Thanksgiving tree out in the back. And it's a new tradition we're going to start. And it's, we write things that you're grateful for. There's little leaves instead of little Christmas trees. And then you put them on the, the, the Thanksgiving tree. Does anybody think that's a good idea? I think that's a good idea also. And there's also a flyer that's multicolored that'll remind you of this Thanksgiving tree. Um, also, we got communion for the podcast listeners. Thank you for listening in, podcast people. But later in the service, you'll need your elements ready. Um, also, November 21st. There's a lot happening this Sunday, and there's a lot happening on November 21st. First of all, it's Christ the King Sunday. And we, as servants of the King, pledge our allegiance to Christ and Christ alone in King, Christ the King Sunday. And it's also Pledge Sunday. Um, and then there's a congregational meeting after that service where we nominate new elders and deacons to be ordained in 2022, which is, what? <laughs> 2022, we're ordaining people for, tw- okay, time's flying a little too fast, right, Chuck? Glad you're here, brother. Um, I'm going to bring up Dusty, and like I said, November 21st, Christ's King Sunday, but also Pledge Sunday. Be in prayer, and if you don't have one of these pledge cards, make sure you don't leave, you don't leave this morning without one. And be in prayer about um, what your commitment will be for this upcoming year in, t- in terms of tithes and offerings. This is just this is just essential for our finance team to know for planning. But uh, Dusty, tell me a little bit about what God has taught you. Through giving lately. Good morning, church family. I've been asked to speak on what God has taught me about using my resources for the betterment of the world. This does not just mean financial resources. I've been a member of PCC since late 1999. Since coming here, my life has changed significantly. I met and married my beautiful wife, Debbie, here, who I might mention is way above my station. I can still hear Cornell playing smoke on the water on the pipe organ as I walked in. (laughs) 
Uh, and the other things that have, that have changed my life here, I, I'm able to play drums at church, which still blows my mind. And I have a group of, of fellow Christians who I consider my family. Over the years, I've developed a number of ailments that should have ended my drumming career and almost did. Arthritis, asthma, acid reflux, 60% hearing loss, and failing memory. Add to that my recent diagnosis of Parkinson's disease, a gift from Agent Orange exposure during my time in Vietnam, and there you have a recipe for disaster. None of these conditions are very conducive to a healthy career in drumming, and yet somehow I'm able to pull it off. There can only be one explanation, God. He has taught me over the years to use what resources I have at my disposal, regardless of how insignificant they are. One of my, favorites, one of my favorite quotes is, from John, is by John Madden, former coach of the Oakland Raiders. He used to say to the team, never mind the horse is blind, just load the cart. He took a team of thugs and misfits and won a Super Bowl. It was clear that he knew how to use his resources, no matter how flawed they were. In conclusion, I would like to encourage all of you to use your resources to help glorify God. Whether it's money or abilities, they all count. Now pardon me while I load my cart. That dude's pure gold. Please join me in standing and... I'll call us to worship using Psalm 146, verses 1 and 2 from the Passion Translation. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. My innermost being will praise you, Lord. I will spend my life praising you and singing high praises to you, my God, every day of my life. Let us worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, singing of the faithfulness of God.
this time, we'd like to welcome all the children up for today's message. And we're going to invite the youth up as well. It'll be fun, I promise. Good morning. How many of you know how to play the game Hana Hana Kachi? I know why. It's because it's a Japanese game. And that's a little bit like a combination of Simon Says and Follow the Leader. So you probably wouldn't have played this game unless you were, you know, taking classes about Japanese culture, things like that. But we're going to play it today. Hana is the Japanese word for nose, and kachi is the word for mouth. So we're going to play the game, and I will touch my nose three times and say, nose, nose, nose. I'll do it in English for you. But when I say mouth... I will touch another part on my face, whether it's my ear, eye, or chin. And you have to touch the part that I say, not the part I touch. So if you touch what I touch instead of what I say, you are out of the game. So let's try it once just for practice. Nose, nose, mouth. (laughs) Okay, got a few of you. Well, that was just for practice, so nobody's out of the game. This time, let's try it again. Nose, nose. Oh, I'm doing, hold on. I'm, I'm trying to read and do it. Nose, nose, ear. <laughs> Still got you. <laughs> ah, I caught a few of you again. So when we were playing that game, I was trying to trick some of you into doing the wrong thing. It was only a game, and we were just having some fun, but there are times when people try to trick us into doing the wrong thing, and Jesus warned us about those people. One day, Jesus told his disciples to be careful, not to let anyone deceive them. He warned that there would be many false teachers who would come teaching his name and claiming to be him, and Jesus said that many would be fooled. It was fun trying to trick you in the game of Hanahana Kachi, but it isn't any fun to see people tricked into following false teachers instead of following Jesus. It is important to know what Jesus really teaches in the Bible so we won't be tricked. Pray with me. Dear God, help us to read our Bibles each day and follow Jesus' teachings. Guard us from those pretending to be Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. And at this time, all children and youth are dismissed. Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Trusting in God's grace, let us confess our sins against God and neighbor together. Eternal God, in every age you have raised up men and women to live and die in faith. We confess that we are indifferent to your will. You call us to proclaim your name, but we are silent. You call us to do what is just, but we remain idle. You call us to live faithfully, but we are afraid. In your mercy, forgive us. Give us courage to follow in your way that joined with those from ages past who have served you with faith, hope, and love, we may inherit the kingdom you promised in Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus said, Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. 
and blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. My brothers and sisters, know that in Christ Jesus, each one of us are forgiven. Amen. may be seated. As we come to this time of remembrance, it is fitting that we look to our faith and to our beliefs. So we're going to be reciting together from one of our church documents, the brief statement of faith, an affirmation of our faith. In life and in death, we belong to God through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit. We trust in the one triune God, the Holy One of Israel, whom alone we worship and serve. With believers in every time and place, we rejoice that nothing in life or in death can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Amen. When the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, As for me, I am already being poured out as a libation, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. From now on, there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. And now we remember those who are so dear to us. Frank Ortiz. Robert Charles de Berard, Bobby D. Mavis Grisham. Nora Lusk. Mary Jane Werner. 
Phyllis Carol Smith. Daniel Kramer. Will you pray with me? Eternal God, we remember with thanksgiving those who have loved and served you in your church on earth and who now rest from their labors, especially those most dear to us whom we name in our hearts before you. Keep us in fellowship with all your saints and bring us at last to the joy of your heavenly kingdom. Amen. And now you can remain seating as we sing for all the saints.
for love. The whole earth trembled. The veil was torn. Love so amazing. Love so Till all my fears 
Amen. Amen and amen. Man, I feel like I could worship all day long. Right? A um, couple things before we get to our text. Tim, you going to be up here the whole time? No. Okay. You could. You could if you want. We could hang out. I like that guy's smile. Right? Uh, remember when at Easter... Um, I told us, or I instructed us, or open, I don't know, I introduced you as I was introduced um, to the idea that we're second Exodus people. Does anybody remember that? Okay, just uh, for those of you that haven't been around here, N.T. Wright asks the question, um, if individual atonement and forgiveness for sins is the primary reason for Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Why didn't it happen on the Day of Atonement? Why did it happen on the Passover feast? And that question, I was, I've grown up in the church, and it's never, never even thought about that question until a couple years ago when that book came out. The Day the Revolution Began, that's the name of the book by N.T. Wright. And his answer is, um, we've missed a huge section of the gospel by focusing on individual forgiveness of sins. All that stuff is true that the Reformers put forth and we've been behind for a couple hundred years. But it dwarfed another truth that was in the text all throughout. And um, that text comes up in the text with, uh, that point comes up in our text this morning. And that is what we just sang about. We're no longer slaves to fear. Jesus rose again on the Passover feast to declare that anyone who makes him the king of their lives, that individual is no longer a slave to sin and fear and death, but is a second exodus person living in the kingdom triumphant now. It's here, but not yet. You remember that? There's a whole idea. I know I'm, I'm straying a little bit, but it'll all come back when I get uh, when I when I get to the end of this text, okay? So store that away. We're second Exodus people. Is everybody with that? Okay, good. 
Also, Luke is the author of the text that we're going to be studying this morning. And Luke is a Presbyterian. <laughs> if you look at, I'll show you, uh, there's proof. There's proof in Luke chapter 1, verse 3. He says, I'm writing these books, Luke and Acts, and I've decided after investigating everything carefully from the very first to write an orderly account for you. Most excellent Theophilus, that means lover of God, so that you may know the truth concerning the things about which you have been instructed. So he says at the beginning of his Gospel of Luke, and he says it again at the beginning of the second half of his Gospel of Luke, which is the book of the Acts of the Apostles. I've done my homework, and I've put it in a decent and an order form. That's from our book of confession, all the Presbyterian people. I love that my wife laughed. <laughs> And that truth comes out in this text also. Luke has done his homework. Now I think we're ready. And by the way, since we have an extra hour, it's going to be a three-hour service this morning. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm going to get starving in about five seconds, okay? Do we have food after this? Okay, okay, good. Okay, where are we at? We're in Luke. Yes, we're in Luke chapter 24. And I'm going to start and read 13 through 19 and then skip down to 28 through 35. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, are you the only stranger In Jerusalem, who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, what things? They replied, the things about Jerusalem, uh, things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. Then skip down to verse 28. And they came near the village to which they were going. He walked ahead of them as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road? While he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem. 
And they found the eleven and the companions gathered together. They were saying, the Lord has risen indeed. And he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. First point I'd like to draw out of the text. Being it's all saints day. Notice that these men walking on this road aren't afraid to talk about death and aren't afraid to be sad. That's the message that we as followers of Jesus need to bring forth. Like, we need to circle back. few moments ago we read the names of the saints are now with the King Jesus and the world tends to steer away from death the world seems I remember when when my mom had died I was in the copy room and there was an old dude what was that guy's name do you remember that it started with a G he was like 90 something uh, I want to say Graham. I want to say his name was Graham. It wasn't Graham, but we'll call him Graham. And he was in charge of making all the bulletins. He was in charge of doing the printing of the bulletins. I was living in Jersey, flew back, watched my mom die, did her memorial service, or was at, in her memorial service, flew back to Jersey, snow on the ground. Someone came into the copy room. I was downcast. That someone said, sometimes it's just good to move on. Sometimes it's just good to get back to work. And put that stuff in the back of your mind and keep getting stuff done. Graham pipes up with an expletive. BS. My wife died over 60 years ago and there isn't a day that I don't miss her. We as followers of Jesus, it's okay to cry. It's okay to miss. It's okay to recognize this isn't the way it's supposed to turn out. It says in the text that these two men, when asked about what was going on, were very sad. They were mourning. They were hurt to their depths. Drawing to words, drawing to mind when Jesus says on the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are those who mourn. It's okay. And in fact, it's more than okay. That's one of the greatest things about this local outpost of the kingdom of God is we don't shy away from death. We steer straight into it and say, this isn't a scary time, but it sure is painful. Amen? Second thing I'd love to draw from this text. Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up. These guys are walking on this road. Jesus shows up, right? Insert Easter sermon here. He's alive. 
Right? At the end of the text, see, these guys are like, I can't help but contain myself. I, 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 I want to scream it from the highest mountaintops. Our Savior lives. Still a little sound frat. I know it's whiplash. <laughs> I just said it's okay to be sad. Then I say, cheer up. <laughs> but I'm telling you, this text has both. And that's a beauty. That's the beauty of following after the king, the wounded healer, the suffering savior. You can hold both in hand. Man, I miss Phyllis. Man, I can't wait to party with her. <laughs> right? I can't. Be, she's, I think she's going to rival Jesus. <laughs> with her spunk, you know, like, I don't know. She, I don't know if there's fireworks, but there's probably fireworks, and Phyllis has found them. Anyway, that's another sermon. Third thing I love to bring out, and this is where it comes, both, both points that I, were second Exodus people, and Luke has done his homework. Does anybody remember the differences of the genealogies of the, of the, of the Gospels of Jesus. Where does Luke start with? Do you remember? I'm looking at it real quick. Just to confirm. He starts with Adam, right? Is anybody here? <laughs> does anybody got a Bible? Where is the genealogy? Anyway, he starts with Adam, about 98% sure of it. Go back to Genesis chapter 3. If anybody's got a Bible. Genesis chapter 3. The first meal recorded in Genesis. The first time anybody eats is 3-7, and actually eats in 3-6. Serpent comes to Adam, says, you should eat of this fruit, the knowledge of good and evil. Eve eats of it, passes the fruit to Adam, 3-7. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. Both the first meal and the first outfit. How is that like this text? This table. Notice Jesus doesn't, he shows up and these two are walking along the road. He doesn't make them look silly or foolish. He asks questions. What's he trying to unveil with these questions? Who's walking with him? Who's walking with these two guys? They beg him to stay. He sticks around. He breaks bread and he drinks cup. And then what happens? Their eyes are opened. 
It's the second exodus, second garden event. Luke is recording that this table, along with all of that atonement stuff that the great reformers were, have posted on this thing, Christ is here and he's covered all of our sins. All the sins that we've committed, are committing, and going to commit. They're covered for all of humanity. Right? Amen? And we've missed this little nugget because we've missed that whole he rose again on the second exodus he rose again on that second exodus right over the passover meal so the passover meal was celebrating a release from what captivity from slavery and jesus and luke actually luke points and he says this kind of reminds me of something this passover meal reminds me of something else not about the first Passover meal. I'm talking about something even before that. I'm talking about the first meal ever eaten on, on earth. Where all of humanity was steered down the wrong way. And steered into captivity of sin, death, and slavery. And then the exodus happens. And they're released from the, the captivity of Egypt. But we're still captives of sin, death, right? In this world. Jesus, according to Luke's gospel, is saying this table is an invitation. Ladies and gentlemen, you can eat of this table and be free of the kingdom of this world. Make me the king of your life and live in the kingdom triumphant now. We've continued to to kind of miss the point of the gospel. We were just having a conversation with my daughter the other day. And we even missed, like, missed the missed point. You know what I mean? We asked, I asked Elsie, well, how do you think you get into heaven? And she said, you do some good stuff and you love some people. Is that right or wrong? That's wrong. But that, that premise is even wrong. Jesus didn't come so that you could get into heaven. Jesus came so that heaven could get into you. And heaven could come here. And we gather around this table. We're equipped through his body and his blood. And remember, he's our king, not the president, not our bosses, not anybody else. And we are a separate people. We are a second exodus people. We're kingdom of God people. We live by different rules, under a different reign, and we come to this table, and that's part of the reminder of it. I don't know how to end this sermon. <laughs> right? I guess I do. I wrote some applications down. One, remember saints. This doesn't have to be all saints the only time. All saints Sunday doesn't have to be the only time you remember these saints. If you ever want to read some extra literature on it, there's a woman named Lauren Winter. She wrote a book called Mudhouse Sabbath, and she looks at the spiritual disciplines through the Orthodox Jewish view. She converted to Christianity and then looked back at the spiritual disciplines and said, the Jewish people did these spiritual disciplines for thousands of years. They do it a lot better than us Christians. And her chapter on mourning is probably the most read chapter in my life. 
I read it over and over. Every time I miss my mom, every time I miss people, that, I, and there's all kinds of nuggets in it. So go on that. Remember saints. Let's be a people that isn't afraid to mourn. That aren't afraid to mourn. Sorry, that's improper English. Malia's giving me evil eye. Also, listen to this for an application. And he Wright writes this. The story as a whole is often used, and rightly so, as a focus for meditation. Not least when people find themselves in difficulties. Bring your problem. Bring your agony on the road of Emmaus with Cleopas and his companion. Be prepared to share it in prayer with the stranger who approaches. And learn to listen for his voice, explaining, leading forwards, warming your heart by applying scripture to what's going on in your life. Learn to live inside this story and you will find it inexhaustible. Last, but certainly not least, later in the service, we're going to come to this table. And along with having our sins forgiven, and along with being joined by the King of kings and Lord of lords, in foreshadowing of the kingdom triumphant, this is also a table and invitation for everyone within the sound of my voice, you two, or podcast people included. An invitation to have your shackles to this world, your sin and death, released. An invitation to live with a king who can equip you and walk with you through the valleys and the mountaintops on through into the kingdom triumphant. And all God's people said, now it's part of the service where we continue in worship. We continue to praise God for the saints that he's put in our lives that are now with him. We continue to pray that we would live in this story. We continue to do all of that. But we also, we give thanks. We give thanks by offering our tithes and our offerings gratefully and with a cheerful heart. That's what the scriptures say. So if you're at home listening to the podcast, please send your tithes and your gifts and your offerings to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And if you're here, please leave them in the offering plate on your way out. This morning's offerings and tithes are now received. start that again. Thanks, thanks, thanks.
did a little research or whatever. I was right. I was 98% sure. I was 100% right. Uh, Luke did start with Adam. The, what threw me off is Matthew starts 
Abraham and then goes to Jesus. Luke goes Jesus all the way back. You know, he does it in reverse. That's what I was looking. I was looking the wrong way. Anyhow. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he gathered around the table to celebrate the Passover meal. And he transformed it forever. He said, this is no longer that bread that symbolizes getting out of Egypt so fast we couldn't wait for it to rise. This is now my body. And this is no longer the blood that was spread over the doorpost. This is my blood. And he said, this is no longer for the Hebrew nation to set them free from the slavery of Egypt. This is for you, for me, to set you free from the slavery of sin and death. And Paul later adds the words, as often as we eat this bread and we drink this cup, we proclaim that Jesus is coming back for us. What does that mean? That means he hasn't forgotten your name. He hasn't forgotten your sorrow. He hasn't forgotten the valleys you've been through. He's going to pick you up, dust you off, and say, hey, let's party for eternity. Amen? Let me pray. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, thank you for this table. I thank you for the truth that this isn't a Presbyterian table. This isn't even a Christian table. This is a, a table that invites all who know they need you, Jesus the Christ. We come and we confess once again, we're not worthy. But we also proclaim in faith the truth that you died for each of us. And through this meal, you will equip us until you return for us. And all God's people said, Amen. And after giving thanks, he, he picked up the bread and he broke it. And he said this, This is my body broken for you. And so now you would, I'm sure everybody's ahead of me. (laughs) And they're unwrapping their their little bread thing. But you take off the first layer. And since this is all Saints Day, Get a hold of a picture in your mind of that person you miss. Picture this as a foreshadow of that real meal where Jesus will be at the head of the table and you'll be next to him or her. And Jesus will say, this is my body broken for you. In the same way, he took the cup. And he said, this cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for you 
for the forgiveness of sin. Every time you drink this, do it in remembrance of me. With thanksgiving, we take this bread and we take this cup, gifts of the earth through which you bless us, and we offer ourselves in your service. Gathered at your table, we join all your saints who have gone before us as we remember them. Jesus said, take and drink. Pray with me. God of glory, in this holy feast, you have made us one with Christ and with that great multitude of the faithful, those who hunger and thirst no more and worship night and day in your temple. Lead us in paths of righteousness and guide us to the springs of the water of life until we join the choir of the redeemed singing, Salvation belongs to our God, who is seated on the throne, and to the Lamb, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. If you're here in remembering one of the saints, I want to say an extra special thanks for joining us this morning and breaking bread with us and gathering around this table. And I pray that the Spirit and this community would be some comfort to you today. And also, in the midst of all those people coming at me this morning, I recognize the Jarjours are here. And the Jarjours who did a ministry here amongst the Syrians for over a decade are back amongst us, you know. There's saints that are living, amen? Yeah. And let's give thanks for the Jarjour, make sure they're covered with hugs and COVID high fives, I don't know. I don't know what that's going to look like. But for now, receive the benediction, and you can just put your hands out like this because we're going to all stand as we sing the Lord's Prayer later. So just receive the benediction like this. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your heart and your mind today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen. Our
Oh, he's been back for how long have you been staying again? Oh, at least. I would say like two months. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we have to do alpha.